The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Happy Saturday, pet lovers. Today, we're going to explore one of our favorite topics, the science of pet food. Now, if you've ever spent any time on the interwebs looking up information about what to feed your pets, you know that it is a maze of opinions, conflicting so-called scientific studies, actual scientific studies, and sometimes a whole lot of yelling. I'm looking at you, Facebook groups. And so today's show, we're going to help you slash through that maze and help you get to the truth so that you can figure out what is best for your pet. There's a lot of different things out there, a lot of things to dig about. So hopefully we can give you some good nuggets to leave the show with so you feel a little bit more informed and ready to look at things uh, with a scientific approach. So we're going to start, start today's show off with an interview with Dr. Kurt Venator. He is the Chief Veterinary Officer from Purina. Dr. Kurt, welcome to the show. Lorian, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. I know that some of our listeners might hear the name Purina and instantly think big money corporation in, in a bad sort of way. And while I, I do kind of understand that passionate reaction to big business, I am the first to recognize that big corporations like Purina are import, you know, contributing really, really important research to the pet industry because folks like you have that revenue base and the resources and the team team of scientists to do it. And I actually think that's really exciting. So um, Purina is known for outstanding research on diet. And I would love it if you could talk about some of the, maybe the recent research that you guys have done in regards to pet nutrition. Sure. Happy to. Well, I think, you know, to your point, one of the remarkable things about Purina is its commitment to truly understanding pets. I think it's important first to keep in mind that we are pet owners and pet lovers ourselves. And at Purina, we truly believe that when pets and people are together, life is, it can be bigger and it can be better. Um, you know, when it comes to that commitment, it's important to recognize that we have over 500 global pet experts at Purina uh, working hard to advance nutrition every day. These are folks like nutritionists, veterinarians behaviorists, toxicologists, and others researchers. And, and what we do is try to formulate uh, diets that will help your pet live a long, healthy life. Uh, when I think about um, a couple really cool breakthroughs, the first one I think of is a product that's called Purina Pro Plan Prime Plus. Uh, it's for uh, adult cats, seven plus. And this is really remarkable when you think about how we leveraged science to help older cats. Um, so we just introduced Purina Pro Plan this, uh, Prime Plus this year, and it really is about breakthrough innovation for cats seven years and older. It contains key nutrients that support lean muscle mass and a healthy weight, 
and a strong, healthy immune system. It also improves microflora and all that together, this provides balanced digestive system functioning, uh, also healthy skin. Um, when you talk about the science behind the pet food, this is a perfect example. We conducted over a nine-year study tracking a range of health measures associated with aging and general overall health in cats. Uh, we studied 90 healthy mixed-breed cats between the ages of 7 and 17, and each was assigned to one of three diets, a complete and balanced adult control diet. That's number one. The second one was a control diet with added antioxidants, and the third control diet uh, was, was then added with these proprietary blends that's actually found in Prime Plus. And what we found, and this is remarkable, cats exclusively fed a diet containing the proprietary blend found in Prime Plus from age seven on lived longer than cats fed the control diet. Research also showed less of a decrease in body weight, lean muscle mass, and skin thickness, all contributing factors to quality of life. And is that controlled? The control diet is is that a, a standard? Are you? I'm assuming you're using another prenatal based food. But I mean, what was the control diet in terms of you know quality? Sure, so we have reference. Sure. So the control diet would be appropriate for for life stage, and it would just be a complete and balanced diet. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing here is we're using our science and all the technological advancements to then use what I like to call these functional nutrients, this proprietary blend of other nutrients to help um, these cats really thrive. Right. And I love the fact that you're talking about those emerging technology, because obviously that's something we talk about a lot on this show, is is how uh, cutting-edge tech is helping change the way businesses actually approach product research and development. So talk about a little bit about the way those emerging tech things have changed the way Purina approaches the nutritional research and food innovation you're doing. Sure. So as I mentioned, we have a tremendous number of scientists de dedicated every day to advancing nutrition. We also work with many um, external collaborators. Um, in my previous role, I had the privilege of working with all of the veterinary schools here in the United States. We also work with nutrition experts from around the globe. So we're not only looking at it from a Purina lens, but we're looking to take all the advances in uh, pet nutrition and, and use those to help fuel the next innovation. Um, I think another uh, another really great example that I think shows how you can use nutrition to improve the health and well-being of pets is a product called ProPlan Bright Mind. And this really is a revolutionary formula. So we've been studying aging in pets for many, many years. And we developed this nutritional breakthrough um, for dogs that are around seven years and older. And here's the interesting fact. Around age seven, the glucose metabolism, the fuel for the brain cells, in a dog's brain begins to change. And this can affect memory, learning, awareness, uh, and even decision-making. So what we did with this ProPlan Bright Mind Adult 7 Plus formula is we added these enhanced botanical oils that were shown to promote, uh, promote alertness and mental sharpness in dogs seven and older. And we were actually able to see visible results within as little as 30 days. Wow. And this is remarkable. I mean, what we're, sh we're showing that these enhanced botanical oils, these proprietary ingredients, can actually promote memory, attention, and trainability. 
Um, and so this is where if you can harness the power of science, the advances that we're doing, not only at Purina, but also with our external collaborators, you can have these breakthrough nutrition products. Yeah. And I think I, I, this, I think, leads me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is, let's, you know, let's, let's talk about some of the reputation issues that Purina has had to deal with. There's this perception that veterinarians, shelters, gosh, they must be receiving some sort of kickback, some sort of compensation in order to have all of these Purina foods that are always available in their clinics and the shelter stores and stuff. But what's the truth there? I mean, is it, is it, is it really because, hey, you guys have got the science to back this up? That's the reason that so many vets and shelters uh, put your foods out there. Well, I think it's important to recognize two points right off, right off the bat. First, veterinarians are trained for and are passionate about the health and well-being of your pet. That's why we went to veterinary school. That's why we love what we do. Uh, many of us obviously are also pet owners uh, and pet lovers ourselves. That's what fuels this energy and this passion. Um, and, and I think when, when people uh, look at this, it's important for them to recognize that these diets are like other things that are used by veterinarians to improve health. Uh, these diets, especially these therapeutic diets, they should be fed under the guidance of a veterinarian as these foods are formulated to address specific health needs mm -hmm. and may not be suitable for all pets. And here's an example I'll give you. Many kidney diets, so this is for dogs or cats that may ha ultimately have a kidney condition. These kidney diets are formulated with reduced levels of protein and phosphorus. These lower nutrient levels have been shown to help in the management of pets with kidney disease. Yet these diets would not be ideal uh, or even meet minimum nutrition and nutritional requirements for a healthy dog or cat. Mm -hmm. Therefore, veterinary guidance is critical to ensuring the correct diet is being selected for the correct pet. Uh, in addition, and I think this is quite important, ongoing veterinary care and management is important when using uh, these therapeutic veterinary diets because the health and the well-being of the pet may change over time, sometimes due to the disease progression, sometimes due to development of other concurrent diseases. So continued veterinary guidance and care, things like physical exam, blood work, or other diagnostic tests are important to assess the effectiveness of the current treatment plan, which includes nutrition, as well as the development of an ongoing treatment plan. Yeah, that's, I'm so, so glad you said it because we talk about it a lot on the show. Please don't go to Dr. Google to uh, identify what you need to feed your pet. Really have that relationship with your veterinarian, uh, particularly when you're talking about these therapeutic things. I, I want to switch gears just a little bit because, and you mentioned, you know, you've got specific diets for cats and specific diets for dogs. They're, they're, they're completely different nutritionally, and we're actually going to talk about that later in the show, about those differences. But there's another um, thing that's out there that, that people are getting more and more concerned about, uh, you know, the concern with uses of grains and some dogs and cats have really high sensitivities, particularly dogs have really high sensitivity to grains. So how does Purina deal with that? Because a lot of your products do have a grain base. Lorian, that's a, that's a great question. Pet owners uh, often ask me about pet food ingredients such as grains and corn, and there's a variety of contradictory uh, information out there. To your point, um, the, the, the internet, uh, it can be a wonderful thing to learn information, but it's really important for pet owners to make sure they're looking at a credible, uh, trained source that's putting out information. And, and again, I always say the person that knows the most about the health and well-being of your pet is your veterinarian and his or her staff. Uh, the fact is grains provide important nutrients and health benefits for our pets. Uh, through decades of re nutrition research at Purina, we've learned that grains produce positive outcomes in both dogs and cats. 
Gram for gram, grains deliver more complete nutrition than the ingredients typically used to substitute for grains such as potatoes. Um, and, and people may not realize this, but it's important to recognize that grains are an excellent source of energy-rich carbohydrates. They also contain protein and antioxidants, including vitamin E and fiber, which is important to promote digestibility. Many pet food products are formulated with grains because they provide needed natural nutrients as part of a complete and balanced diet. So um, based upon the research that we've done, based upon the research that's been done by third-party experts um, and, and the prevailing opinion among the veterinary community, both practitioners as well as experts, such as uh, folks, boarded nutritionists at uh, Tufts School of Veterinary Medicine, University of Tennessee School of Veterinary Medicine, Cornell University, um, grains are good. Yeah. And I think and if your dog does have a grain sensitivity, again, work with your veterinarian to get a food that, that will help with that. I really appreciate your time today. Can you tell us where people can go to learn more about all the fantastic research that Purina has done? Sure. Interested pet owners can go to www.purina.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Kurt. Really appreciate your time today. Lorian, thank you. Appreciate it. Stay tuned, folks. We are going to talk about some other incredible innovations in the pet food arena and how pet foods are helping us combat disease. Plus, I mentioned we're going to look at cat nutrition and some of the common misconceptions around it. We're going to be back with that and more on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek. Up next, we're going to talk about the power of food in the fight against cancer. We're going to explore a brand new food line that's just come out. It's introduced by Dr. Harvey's Fine Health Foods for Animals, and it's specifically formulated to battle cancer in dogs. It's super duper exciting stuff. And I've invited Wendy Shankin Cohen, the president and CEO of Dr. Harvey's, to talk about the unique way that this food helps our dogs fight cancer. So Wendy, welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here with you. Really excited. I, I, I've always been a big fan of Dr. Harvey's uh, because you have such an innovative approach. In fact, you guys were big pioneers in the all-natural category of pet food. I'd love it if before we get into the brand new food, if you could just talk a bit about your vision and the approach that Dr. Harvey's takes. Well, Dr. Harvey started talking about animal nutrition over 30 years ago. He was a uh, physician for uh, humans, but always had a deep love of animals. And when he saw the, what was happening in the pet food industry in regards to feeding dogs dog food, he became very alarmed at the uh, amount of disease and what he saw happening. And so he's always been a huge pioneer of feeding real food, whole foods, unadulterated foods, using really great ingredients, uh, no additives, no preservatives, no fillers. So that has been the mission of our company for over 30 years. Yeah, and I, you guys really have led, led the way in ultra-nutrition and ultra-natural stuff, and it's really incredible. So let's talk about this brand-new venture, the dog food paradigm. How is this different than your other food lines? So we've been uh, called a solutions company for a long time. Our foods, all of our foods, our premixes as well as our already made food, which is Oracle, uh, the freeze-dried food, are all made to be solutions for pet parents who are looking for help. And uh, each one of them has a slightly different formula and a formula that will help specific things. Uh, we are an answer to people who need an alternative. They have an, a dog that's having issues, and our foods provide the, that alternative. So Paradigm came about because I became very interested personally in a ketogenic diet. Um, actually started uh, doing it myself and did it for a uh, health reason and found that it was extremely successful. I'd been a vegan for many, many years and found that I was not able to correct a blood pressure issue that I was having, and it was getting worse. So I started studying ketogenics and um, went on the ketogenic diet, and then found that uh, people were using this diet for dogs with cancer. It's also used for dogs with diabetes, uh, and also with neurological issues. So the ketogenic diet has actually been around for a very long time. It was um, actually accepted into medical practice for children who have epilepsy, who did not respond to drug therapy. So uh, it, it came into practice and it is to, still today used for children with that condition. Uh, it, it also is showing uh, great results in the canine world. And there's a wonderful sanctuary in Texas called Keto Pet. Uh, where they're actually taking dogs from shelters who have various types of cancer, feeding them a ketogenic diet, and they've been really uh, doing a wonderful study and seeing the results. And uh, this past February, I attended a conference in Florida where they presented their results, and they're having about a 60% turnaround in dogs with cancer using a ketogenic diet. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, so I want to ask two questions just to make sure uh, that our listeners understand. So first one is, can you explain what ketogenic means? Right. So ketogenic diet actually means both for humans and for dogs, uh, having the body switch its way of using energy. So normally the body uh, go, works off of glucose. Uh, that becomes the energy source in, in our bodies and in dogs' bodies. And uh, ketosis or putting your body into 
ketosis means that your body is now working off of ketones instead of glucose. And the way that you do that is to keep the body away from anything that turns into glucose, which is carbohydrates, sugar, um, those are the things that turn into glucose in the body. So the diet itself basically is very, very low in carbohydrates, very medium amounts of protein, and high amounts of fat. So by doing that, we starve the body of glucose, and it puts the body into ketosis, and the, uh, the ketogenic diet shows that it will starve the cancer cells. So that's very simply put, that's the way it works. So low carbs, medium protein, high fat. Okay. And so when you said a 60% turnaround, do you mean as far as like cancer reduction or cancer elimination? What does that, what does that turnaround mean? So tumor shrinking, um, uh, various, and it was all different types of cancer. So it wasn't one specific type. Um, they saw, uh, cancer going away. They they found dogs getting completely cured, being cancer free. They saw tumor reduction. Uh, it was quite impressive what happened in their in their study, and wow. they and this is true with humans as well. So they're continuing their work. In the meantime, when we found out about them, um, we were in the process of developing what we called at the time a green food. So we wanted to make a food that was using only low glycemic um, vegetables and uh, healing herbs and bone broth, which is what eventually became Paradigm. So we've been researching it and it been, had been in development for over two years when we connected with Keto Pet and, uh, and found out what they were doing there. So it all kind of happened, you know, it was one of those meant to be situations uh, where they validated what we believed to be the best solution that we could offer to dogs with cancer, diabetes, it's also great for dogs who have obesity issues and are not responding to other types of therapies. Um, there's a, a number of things, many numbers of things that we find um, seem to improve with the ketogenic diet. So this, this is really important, I think, for people to hear. So it doesn't necessarily mean, hey, if your dog's diagnosed with cancer, to use this food. But there's other, you know, obviously other ailments that this can go to. But I guess in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, so if I have a perfectly healthy dog, is this a diet that's right for my dog to help prevent it? Or should I be looking at other food lines from you guys? That's a great question. Uh, and, we, and we've gotten that a lot. Food has only been available for three weeks now. But we've gotten that question. If my dog is healthy, can I feed this food? The answer is absolutely. Uh, this is a very, very healthy diet for, for dogs to be used as a preventative, to keep them healthy, to keep them lean. Uh, nothing, nothing could be better than using these types of very, very healthy, mineral-rich, vitamin-rich, uh, the, uh, the vegetables. We, we know now that vegetables, just adding a little bit of vegetables to your dog's diet helps even if you're not doing a ketogenic diet. Just adding vegetables to your dog's diet has been shown to be very helpful in preventing cancer and other ailments. So yes, it's a great diet even for dogs that um, are not having issues. Okay, and now I got to ask the next question because um, I know at least, especially with people like my husband listening. Okay, that sounds like food that I would not want to eat myself because it sounds boring. So, what kind of feedback have you gotten for taste and things like that? Are dog do dogs want to eat this food? Is it yummy? So actually, they, it's incredibly yummy because it has the uh, bone broth in it, which flavors it. It also has these healing herbs, and we also have cinnamon in it, so it smells incredible. Uh, cinnamon is an herb that helps uh, with 
balancing blood sugar. And of course, it's all about balancing the blood sugar, not just for diabetics, but for cancer patients as well, because it's the sugar that the cancer feeds on. So we're trying to keep the blood sugar balanced, keeping keeping it very level. And we do that with certain herbs and of course with the vegetables. Palatability wise, we've done incredibly well. We've been testing it on um, 30 dogs here at Dr. Harvey's. And now we've had it out to over 800 people in the population and the feedback has been wonderful. The thing about our food is that you add your own protein and you add your own fat. So of course dogs love fat and they love meat. They can use raw meat or cooked, slightly lightly cooked meat, we say. Um, so the other thing is that it, it provides a variety because you we actually encourage you to rotate proteins, so to switch up the proteins. So dogs that like chicken, you can use chicken one week and turkey and beef and uh, fish and eggs. So you can really switch up the proteins and that seems to keep dogs interested over time. But we palatability has not been an issue. We have dogs that absolutely love this food. Oh, fantastic. All right. So now we've only got a little bit more time and you guys have such passion for innovation. I'd love it if you can touch on some of the other special foods because we're talking primarily about dogs here, but you guys also do stuff for cats and for birds. Can you talk a little bit about other fantastic innovative lines you have? Yeah, so Dr. Harvey's has been around, as I said, for over 30 years, and we have developed foods for uh, for cats and dogs and birds. We have a complete bird line that's quite unique. We use only human-grade uh, ingredients, real fruits, nuts, and, and wonderful vegetables, and everything that has a tremendous variety, both in texture and in color, so birds love it. So we have a huge following in the bird community as well. Um, we also do herbal supplements that are whole food supplements that are quite innovative in their uh, formulation. No one has formulas like ours. We have them for seniors. We have them for puppies. We have them for dogs with joint issues. Uh, we have a variety of, of those. We also have a wonderful pro product that, that I adore called Runs Be Done, which is a combination of pumpkin and apple pectin and uh, slippery elm that we use for dogs who may have had a dietary indiscretion. So it helps to uh, clear up any kinds of um, dietary issues. But our foods in general, canine health, vegetable, we've been giving these to, to dogs for over 30 years with great success. Canine health, particularly known for its digestive issue uh, problems, helping helping pet parents uh, who are looking for, for um, answers. Uh, we have a huge population of dogs with kidney issues, unfortunately, um, and canine health is very helpful for that, as is vegetable. So all of our products are similar in that we make everything with great care. Everything is done in our own facility in uh, the United States. Everything we use is uh, sourced in the United States. We make everything still quite artisanal. Um, it's all made by hand under the watchful eye of Dr. Harvey, and um, everything is quite special. We we love animals, and we do it because we love them, and it's the reason why we do what we do, and, and we continue to do it that way. Fantastic. Now, tell us where uh, folks can get Dr. Harvey's pet food. How can they find it online? So the easiest way to find out about Dr. Harvey's is to go to our website, which is drharvey's.com, and there they can find the independent pet shops that sell our products as well as the online stores that sell our products. Everything is on our website. Thank you so much, Wendy. I am so glad you joined us today. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Lauren. I'm really pleased to be with you. 
And everybody else, sit, stay, and don't go away because we've got many more special treats for you on Pet Lover Geek after these few messages from Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America talk radio host no matter where you are in the car out and about while traveling or anytime you can't be close to your computer catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot search voice america at your favorite app store are you finding your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success it's the future of digital media it's finding your voice it's engaging topics content and ideas jeff and ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects it's about making the mistakes taking the chances summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try decide to learn decide that you have something to say and find your frequency Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show, pet lovers. We're talking today about the science of pet food. And for the next segment, we're going to focus on cats. It's important to realize that dogs and cats, as would be expected in two different species, have completely different nutritional needs. So here to break us break down some of the myths and misunderstandings about feeding your cat, we are thrilled to have Dr. Kelly Deal from Morris Animal Foundation back on the show. Dr. Deal, welcome back to Pet Lover Geek. Hey, Lauren, it's great to be back, and I really appreciate being having the chance to be back on your show and talk about pet nutrition. I'm excited about this. This is, this is really important, and I know a lot of people, there's so much out there on the internet, they start digging, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, I read this on the internet, and there's a lot of misconceptions out there, misinformation even about there, and flat-out myths, um, and I really appreciate that you can help us dig through all of this. So let's, Sounds great. Let's start first with, we need to yeah, there are differences in dogs' needs and cats' needs, and we've actually done quite a bit on dogs' nutritional needs. Um, but you can't, you know, people just shouldn't think, oh, I'm going to save some time and money and feed them both if they're both carnivores. Um, can you talk a little bit about how dogs and cats have different nutritional needs based on their evolutionary development? They're not just, quote-unquote, carnivores. Right. And you hit the nail on the head there. They are both 
in the general category of carnivores. But first, we have to know that cats and dogs actually evolved hunting different prey. And so for those reasons, they developed down certain different pathways as far as their nutritional needs. So cats are what are known as obligate carnivores. And that means that they cannot manufacture themselves certain nutrients that dogs can. And so they have the best way for them to get their nutrients is through meat basically. Mm -hmm. So they have, for example, they need a new uh, amino acid called taurine, and we can talk about that a little bit more. They can't manufacture that. They have to get it from their food. Same with vitamin A and vitamin B12, and excellent sources of those vitamins are meat and organ meats, etc. So again, they have slightly different needs. The other interesting thing about cats is dogs aren't really, you know, we think of dogs, sometimes you hear the term omnivores, and that's not really true. We are omnivores as humans, but Mm -hmm. dogs can, they can metabolize plant material to some degree, and they can live and survive eating plant material, though, again, not optimal. Cats can't do that at all. They actually don't have the metabolic processes that allow them to break down plant material. Now, I know there are probably people out there going, um, you know, I know my cat eats grass, Mm -hmm. but that's really probably more as a digestive aid and not as a nutrient. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's, I would, I like to like take this a little step farther too, because I mean, I, I'm sure there are also people that are out there like, well, then why don't I just chop up a bunch of fish and give it to them? I mean, why why do we have things like pet food Why for cats? Why do we have to go out and buy something commercial that's been, you know, processed and everything like that? I mean, what's the evolution of pet food, so, especially for cats? Well, that's a really interesting question. And I think it has a lot to do with how cats have evolved as our pets. For a long time, cats were working animals for us. They lived, right, a lot outside. Mm -hmm. It's only been probably in the last half century, maybe 50, 40, 50 years, that cats have really moved indoors, right? So they're not outside supplementing their diets with small prey. They're living in our environment now. And because of that, we, I think there was a push to try to create some kind of balanced diet. So let's face it, convenient for owners that would fulfill the nutritional needs of cats and supplement them now that they were not getting the ability to supplement themselves outside. Now, because of that, we have to be careful what we feed our cats. And you're right. The tendency might be to say, well, suppose I just go buy a big hamburger and Mm -hmm. feed it to my cat. But that's not the same, right, as actually catching a mouse or bird and eating organs and chomping on bones. And that's all kind of gross. But you know what I mean? It's not the same. Not the same at all. And, 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 and that actually kind of leads to that discussion, too, about there's a ton of controversies that are out there. If you, go, if you go to the Internet and you go, what should I feed my cat? You're going to get all sorts of really deep discussions about it. And there, there's a bunch that are out there. There's wet food versus dry food, commercially processed versus raw food, uh, you know, free feeding versus, you know, hunting-based feeding, uh, that type of thing. So I'd love it if we could tackle a couple of those. Are you, are you oh. game? 
I'm game, but I, I, I'm going to disappoint your audience and say that I don't think that there are any very clear answers out there. I will say there was a trend, and we can remember it from when I was a kid, that everybody thought, oh, hard food is great for cats, right? It's going to clean their teeth and mm-hmm. all that. There's now a push back on that towards wet food. There are some instances where wet food might be really optimal. First of all, it's more like a prey, right? Mm-hmm. It has some fluid. There are folks who feel that, especially for elderly cats, and we know that they get kidney disease a lot, it can help them increase their fluid intake, right, when they're eating more moist foods. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of veterinary nutritionists starting to think seriously about adding more wet food into a cat's diet the versus kibble and right. just exclusively kibble right. uh, as far as they the the timing of feeding same thing i think a lot of folks fed their cats on a schedule then we went to this whole idea of free feeding but that's not necessarily how they do it in the wild. So there are some advocates for not free feeding and going back to a more scheduled um, uh, feeding schedule. You know what I mean? Like twice right. a day. Sort of right. Yeah. And there's even like even farther than that. I mean, we had um, Dr. Liz Bales from Noble on a few weeks ago and she's she's got a new product out that actually imitates the whole idea of hunting you put them in these small five or six small little containers that are hidden type of thing and and introducing that sort of you know hunting and prey based feeding rather than out of a bowl right and if you remember from our last interview where we talked about the enrichment Mm -hmm. that can be all part of an enrichment scheme is the feeding schedule can be worked into that yeah, I think that's fascinating. We actually have uh, one at home and we're trying to transition our very um, obstinate kitties over to that. They haven't yet taken to it completely, but we're working <laughs> on it. Um, now let's talk about another controversy that's out there. Uh, and this is one I hear about a lot uh, in my particular circle of friends, frankly. Uh, raw food diets versus uh, kibble or even canned food. What do you think? Well, you know, that's a really good question. And when I was in practice, I had several clients who really felt that raw food diets, their, their, their pets just did better on them. Mm-hmm. I don't have a real firm stand that it would be, you know, necessarily like, this is bad, you shouldn't do this. I think where I've seen the most comments is being cognizant of the pros and cons of raw food as far as health for the people, you know, handling the food. If you have small children in the house, you know, raw food can have, just like if we were handling raw chicken, there's always a possibility of some kind of contaminant, salmonella always being the one that we think of. And so just being cognizant of that and how you handle it is something that's, um, important. The other is I've had some clients who really wanted to use a raw food diet and they went to a veterinary nutritionist Mm -hmm. and there are several groups out there. Many are based at universities. There are some independent folks who will balance your diet and help you create a diet. If you go to them and say, these are the ingredients that I want, help me figure out a way to feed my animal and they'll work with you on it. It grew out of what we used to do for people who had animals that we 
wanted to create a diet and needed to help balance, but it's really blossomed into helping not just animals with diseases that need special diets, but any animal that we want to create an optimal diet and we want to incorporate ingredients we want to use, what's the best way to do that? Mm-hmm. And talk to you about, because this is another kind of, it's a kind of an offshoot, I think, maybe of the raw feeding is a gluten-free, grain-free, uh, and a real push to avoid anything that has grains or, or wheat particularly in it for cats. Right. And, you know, that, though I can't say I've seen any real hard scientific data that falls one side or the other, in theory, you can understand how that might be something we can consider because that's certainly not what cats, you know, they're not really, carbohydrates are not always, you know, that's not how they evolved eating a lot of carbohydrates. And unlike some other species, cats can actually derive energy from protein quite efficiently. And so I think that cutting down on the carbohydrates, and there are a lot of commercial diets, right, that are more high protein, lower carbohydrates for cats. Carbohydrates include, right, gluten and wheat. So maybe just thinking of it in terms of a low carbohydrate diet versus Do I need gluten-free? It may come down where we decide, well, you know, gluten-free diets are better for cats, but truthfully, I've never seen anything scientifically based that tells me we should absolutely stay away from it. Cool. Does that help? Oh, it absolutely helps. It absolutely helps. Now, we only have a little bit of time left, but I would love it if you could just touch on maybe some of the new research that's being done right now, some current nutrition studies. Sure. We have a bunch. And as you know, our founder, Dr. Mark Morris Sr., that's really how his claim to fame, which is he was one of the first people to develop a prescription diet. So we've had a lot of diet studies over the years. One in cats that's really interesting is we're doing one on the use of avocado extract as a supplement in obese cats. And the first arm of the study was just completed, which was looking at the effect of avocado extract on obese cats. And I can't reveal any of that data yet, but it's the numbers are being crunched. And now they're in the second arm, which is looking at this supplement as a prevention for obesity. And the idea is that avocado extract, for lots of complex reasons, has been proposed to sort of drive metabolism to be more, uh, to to metabolize fat in preference to other energy sources. So the idea is if you had an obese cat, then it would preferentially metabolize fat rather than carbohydrate. And so we'll see how that goes. We have one looking at vitamin D, but that's more dog-based and Mm -hmm. as far as vitamin D and cancer. And we just completed one on uh, the uh, BPA in cans and whether that can be detected in the bloodstream of animals. You know, BPA is something that we're all worried about for humans right. because it's, uh, of its hormonal effects. And so we're looking at that as well. But the avocado extract is the one, the big cat one we have going on right now, which is really cool. Well, I'm excited to see that research when it comes out. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the show to share it with us. So thank you so much for your time, Dr. Deal. Really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate you having me on again, Lori, and it's been great. Thank you so much. Hang tight, pet lovers. We have a really unique new pet food in our last segment. You'll never believe where they source the protein for their kibble. And that's coming up next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Aliens with Gas. We are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the voiceamerica.com variety channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix. A phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek. Today, we're talking about the science behind pet foods. And our last segment is so cool. I met these folks uh, last month at Global Pet Expo, and I'm really excited to bring them on. Uh, They're called Bear It All Foods. And it basically, it makes you ask the question, where does my pet food protein come from? I mean, most of us know that, okay, it's beef or pork or chicken or fish, maybe duck, lamb, even bison, something exotic like elk or something like that. But most of these proteins are farm-based, mass-produced animals that are raised specifically to either be a human or an animal food source. And one of the big, ugly truths out there is that our animal-based protein food sources have a huge negative environmental impact. It's just the facts. So, now, uh, this with this company, Baradol Foods, our canine and feline friends can't be vegetarians, but with this company, they can actually be eating food using animal-based proteins that actually have a positive environmental impact. So I'm really excited today to welcome uh, Logan Honeycutt. He's the president and founder of Baradol Foods to come on to Pet Lover Geek. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Honored to be here. We're, I'm excited. I, as you know, when we met at Global, I was so excited. And I just want you to tell everybody why you started this company. Why do this? Yeah, we started this company because I used to work in the food industry. And I would always see all these different protein sources that are being used. And you hit the nail on the head when you said that all of the proteins that are used today, they're all farmed. You know, They have a tremendous negative impact. If you look at chicken farming... The impact that it has on waterways through waste runoff, things like that, it's very, very high. So I knew that we wanted to start a company that could do something good for the environment. And that's really what our crux of our company, that's what we base everything that we do on, is what is going to be good for the environment and what's also going to be the healthiest possible options for your pets. Awesome. So so now tell everybody, because I'm sure that they're really curious, what 
is your food uh, protein source for your foods? So we're a little bit different than your standard dog or cat food company. We use an invasive species as the main protein source. Uh, we use specifically we use Asian carp. Um, they're a big, big problem here in the Midwest. We're based out of Chicago. And these are the fish, if you've ever watched YouTube, you might have seen they're the ones that jump out of the water whenever boats pass by. Um, so everybody thinks it's kind of funny, oh, people are getting hit with these fish. But what they don't realize is the devastating impact that they're having on the environment, wherever they go. Um, because they're actually uh, vegetarians. They're filter feeders. They eat algae and plankton, which, you know, that sounds great, but... That's the same food source that all native species need after they hatch. That's what they eat. So wherever Asian carp are present, native species cannot survive. So it's doing a lot of harm to the environment, but it also happens to be wonderfully healthy for your pets. What, just real quick, so that people that aren't really sure what invasive species means, can you, can you give a little, what, is that, what does that mean, invasive Absolutely. species? Absolutely. So invasive species are non-native uh, plants or animals that are brought over through human uh, interaction. So it, humans are the, the crux there where they bring them over and they have negative impacts either to human health, environmental health, or just the ecology of wherever they exist. Right. So by using these invasive species, you're actually taking them out of the environments that they're hurting. And, and how do you do that? I mean, I'm just curious, like, how do you, how do you get them? Yeah. So we actually work with uh, local fishermen um, actually, Asian carp, once they were introduced to the U.S., they've put a lot of commercial fishermen out of business. So what we've done is we've contracted with these local fishermen to actually go out and now fish for Asian carp. So we're actually giving them uh, essentially a job back. So That's they now incredible. have incentive to go out and fish for them. So it's a really nice side benefit of not just removing them from the environment, but also being able to put people back to work. That's incredible. Uh, that, that I just is, like gives me chills actually listening to that. That's incredible. So let's talk though about because I know that especially with fish based foods, people go, oh, aren't there some safety issues with fish um, that you need to be aware of? Um, there absolutely are safety issues with fish. Like any ocean-based or carnivorous fish, you're going to get a buildup of heavy metals, in particular mercury is the big hot button one, through the food chain. Because, you know, if you've got a little fish that gets a little bit and then a larger fish eats a whole bunch of those, they're going to get that built up in their system. One of the major benefits of Asian carp is they're vegetarians, so they're filter feeders, so they don't get that buildup of heavy metals throughout the food chain. So it's a wonderful alternative protein source for all pets and humans as well. It's just here in the U.S., not a lot of people eat it, but in China and um, South, Southeast Asia, where they're from, millions upon millions of people eat them every single day as a dietary staple. So it's a good tasting fish then too it's not one of those fish that's like ew i don't want to eat that because it doesn't taste good it's good right oh man if you've never eaten it it tastes like a cross between scallops and crab meat Ooh. so it's buttery it's sweet it's really really wonderful it's just it's a very bony fish so mm -hmm. it's hard to get a good clean fillet off of it but if you wanted to do like a thai style fish cake oh it is wonderful oh awesome okay so so you've got the taste down it's safe uh, and I love the fact that you guys are helping out 
local fishermen and things like that. But there's a lot of other invasive species that are out there. I'm thinking like Chicago area. My for, my mind first went to Lake Michigan zebra mussels. What about other invasive species? Why just the Asian carp? Well, we picked Asian carp specifically because they are having the largest single impact of any invasive species in the United States. So that's what we're trying to do is create a marketplace for them. But long term, we are looking into other invasive species as well. Like uh, you mentioned the zebra mussels. Those are something we've been exploring down in Florida. I'm not sure if you've heard about all the pythons they've been having issues with down there. We're exploring using them. Uh, Lionfish off the coast of Florida and the Caribbean, they're causing tons and tons of environmental degradation wherever they go. So that is in our long-term plan, and we really want people to understand that just because they're different and maybe a little weird doesn't mean they're not a great protein source for your pets. So how about price. I mean, this, this sounds, it sounds great. It sounds wonderful. It makes everybody certainly the warm fuzzy factor is huge. And the fact that we're helping the environment, it, I'm sure it makes an easier sell for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, people are going to be looking at price. And this sounds like it could be quite expensive to have this type of protein sourcing. So what's that look like for you guys? It's actually pretty pretty reasonably priced um, because there is no market for it. There's currently no demand. We are literally the only company in the country that is doing a commercial-based product with Asian carp. So that helps us to keep costs low. But there are a few issues. You know, We had to build our own supply chain. But mm-hmm. once we get enough demand going, the price is actually going to keep dropping. So it's a wonderfully reasonable protein source uh, as compared to if you want to get venison or elk or bison. Those are very, very expensive. So this is a good, healthy, fairly inexpensive option for most pet owners. Okay, so tell people about the product line. Like what can they get for their dogs or their cats? Absolutely. So we launched our line of it. The brand is called Go Bear and it's three different dog treat products. And we actually just two weeks ago launched our first line of cat treats. Um, They're all uh, limited ingredient. That's one of our major things that we do here is we want to use as little as ingredients as possible. And we want to be very straightforward and honest with our customers about exactly what's going into them. So we actually put the ingredients right on the front of package. So you never have to worry about any mystery ingredients that are going in there, like what is soy lecithin? You know, most people aren't going to know that. So we use, we call it the pantry principle, where we use ingredients that you or I or anyone is likely to have in their home. And we use whole food sources for everything. So it's going to be, if it says mango, that means we're going to use a mango in there. <laughs> not, not like essence of mango from some chemistry lab or something. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So tell everybody where they can get them. Yeah, we're carried in uh, 200 stores throughout the United States. Um, here in the Midwest, Bentley's Pet Stuff is our biggest channel partner. Uh, we just expanded to the West Coast in some smaller independent stores, but hopefully you'll be seeing us all over the United States here relatively soon. And you can always order through our website at uh, com. Awesome. And that's Bear, B-A-R-E. Um, I-T-A-L-L. Great. Perfect. Even though you do have an adorable bear as your logo. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Logan. Uh, It's my pleasure. And, you know, we really appreciate you helping to spread the word about how good Asian carp are for pets and humans and the issues they're causing to the environment. 
Well, thank you. And I cannot wait to see what else you guys do in the future. I'm, I'm excited to see what's next. That's all we have time for today, folks. Thanks to all of my guests today who helped me talk about the science of pet food. Make sure that you come back next week to Voice America's Pet Lover Geek when we are going to dig into some really awesome new innovations to help pets with anxiety. And that's what's coming up next Saturday morning on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lori and Clemens, for another edition next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.